Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast. Yes, I can confidently say that. It is your favorite real estate podcast here in the upstate of South Carolina. It's the only one you need to listen to. And it's probably the only one that you will find. I am your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the greater Greenville area of South Carolina. And as always, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any reason imaginable. My contact information is there. I'm a realtor, and as such, I would love to have your business. So if you need the business of a realtor, go into those show notes, look at my contact information, send me a text, give me a call, send me an email, whatever the case may be, and If you don't hear back from me within a very short period of time, it means I did not get the the email or the text or whatever the case may be. I said this last episode, uh, our email server has been blocking some people in some instances, Um, and so let's be careful of that. If you don't hear back from me within a short period of time, something went wrong. Um, I get back to everyone very quickly. Um, So all of that to say, please make sure that If you need someone that you reach out to me, if you don't hear back from me quickly, something was wrong, just send me a text at that point, and you'll hear back from me pretty quickly. All right, and then, um, as always, little side topic there, Um, as always, please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, we're trying to drown out those negative ratings that don't make sense, Um, leave me a five-star rating for the show, and uh, if you don't mind, just type up a nice short five-second review, let people know that you enjoy the show, and that is the only support that I ask from you guys, that and for you to give me your real estate business. All right, today we are going to be talking about cash purchases in the upstate, cash purchases, purchases in which there is no bank financing involved. And I want to, to bring this up because it was on my mind recently, I was talking to someone about cash purchases, um, someone that, that is interested in um, later on this year in uh, buying a house. They will be doing so, in theory, with all cash. Um, and we were talking about the, the dynamics there because I was saying about how difficult it is for so many of my clients that are buyers that need financing, how difficult it is for them to compete with the cash buyers out there on the market. And so I was going back and forth with with, uh, with this person, uh, just discussing those dynamics. And it occurred to me that there's a lot of misconceptions about cash and about what type of, what that means for a transaction, how that impacts a transaction. You always hear that cash is king, but what does that really mean, and and what has the market looked like in recent years with regard to cash purchases? So I have done a lot of number crunching and a lot of spreadsheet crunching here for you guys, and I hope that that you will enjoy this. Um, Basically, I I analyzed four data sets, technically five, um, from basically four different years. 2018, 2019, 2020, and then I kind of skipped over 2021, and and instead of focusing on that entire year, I I basically instead took the uh, the year of the past six months and the past 12 months, and and this is from, I'm recording this 
in early March. Um, so I, I, instead of taking the year 2021, I did the past six months and the past 12 months, um, again, from early March 2022. And, and I analyzed several different things. I analyzed the number of cash sales. I analyzed how that compares to the total number of sales um, and what that means. Um, and then I looked at what type of a, of a discount are we seeing cash buyers get? Because the conventional wisdom a few years ago was if you have cash, you can expect to get a little bit of a of a discount at least on uh, on whatever purchase you're making. You know, it, it's going to be you're not going to have to pay full price if you're making a, a cash offer on a house. Is the conventional wisdom? Well, I have worked with plenty of cash buyers, and I have learned the past year that by and large that is no longer true. Now, here's where it can be true. It can be true in instances when a a home is just overpriced and nobody else comes in with a full price offer, um, or and or because these are are probably going to go hand in hand. If a home has been on the market for at least a few days and it doesn't have any great offers on it, that could be the opportunity. You know, if it's been on the market for say a week um, and it hasn't gone under contract yet. That then can be an opportunity for a cash buyer to come in and and maybe get a few thousand bucks off whatever it's listed for. But a house that is listed right on the market, just came on the market, you are not going to find yourself in this market getting a cash discount. And that was what I have personally experienced. Now, obviously not a huge portion of my buyers um, on the retail side, now on my investing side, this is this it's different, but um, but that's also a completely different market. But I'm talking just generally speaking, um, for just people buying, you know, their own home that they want to live in. Obviously, not a huge percentage of my clients are going to be cash buyers. Most of them are are wanting to finance, and so I didn't have a huge sample size. So I wanted to analyze all this data and look at what has happened. The past few years, and and as well, I have felt that there is way more cash coming into the market than in previous years, and this has been reflected in a lot of national data that I that I've looked at. This is why a lot of people don't think that we're in a housing bubble because there is there are larger down payments being made than ever before. There's more um, cash purchases than ever before. I've seen that data on a meta level, but I had never actually looked at that data in Greenville specifically. And so um, the good thing is that in the greater Greenville um, MLS system that we use, which is uh, Paragon, they do have the option to filter results by the type of purchase, whether it was cash, whether it was a conventional loan, whether it was an FHA loan, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was able to to analyze this to uh, great specificity. And here is what I found out. Let's just start in uh, in 2018. 2018, roughly, I come up with about 18.39% of the total sales in that year. So 2018, basically 18%. That's easy to remember. Um, we're going to do trivia after this, so um, so make sure you, you remember that. Um, 
18.39% of all the transactions that year were cash sales. So there was 13,532 transactions in Greenville MLS. And by the way, I just filtered by residential, uh, all residential transactions and no other filter. So this does not include commercial, um, but it does include things like land. Um, it, It does not include... Residential um, would not include multifamily. So I don't have multifamily in here. These are, generally speaking, going to be single-family homes, townhomes, condos, things like that. Individual units. Um, So there were 13,532 total sales of homes that fit that, what I just described. And out of those, 2,489 sold to a cash buyer, 18.39%. Um, the average listing, um, you know, among those cash purchases, this isn't the average among all of them, but of those that sold cash, the average listing was $235,000, uh, and nine, let me say that one more time, $235,970. That was the average list price for the homes that sold to cash buyers. And the average sale price was 226589 along with an average of the, the seller paid $281 of the buyer's uh, closing costs. Now, just a reminder, when it's a cash transaction, there's the closing costs are much less because a lot of the closing costs are related to uh, your financing and your escrow account and things like that, that that you don't need when there's not a bank involved. Um, so the amount of, of closing costs, you know, that's a pretty low number, $281, but you don't need to have a lot of closing costs paid when you're a cash buyer. Okay. So all in all, in 2018, 18%, roughly a little bit more, about 18.5% of the market made cash purchases. And of those cash cash purchases, they got a discount of 4.09% off of what the house was listed for. So a 4.09% discount. Now, I didn't get further into the weeds than that because I, I will say this. You have to kind of grade on a curve a little bit because, you know, the average in 2018 uh, probably would have been around uh, that the average house would have sold for about 98% of what it was listed for. Um, so the average would have sold at a 2% discount. But basically, what we're saying is that roughly speaking, if if I'm putting all of that data together correctly, um, and I think I am, the cash buyer in 2018 was getting roughly double the discount on average that, that the uh, finance buyer was getting when purchasing a home. So 4% off uh, just for buying cash. Or you could say if, if you want to be really accurate, probably a little bit closer to 2% off, again, if, if you want to adjust it. For the purposes of this discussion, I'm just going to go with the gross number with 4.09% because that will help me to, to better track it in comparison to the other years. Um, 2018, we saw the percentage of cash buyers go down. And in 2000, sorry, 2019, we saw the percentage of cash buyers go down. In 2020, it went down even further. Um, 
I'm not sure exactly why it went down in 2019. It went from 18.39% in, in 18 uh, to 17.21% in 2019. And then in 2020, only 15.36% of the transactions that happened were cash purchases. Now, I have a theory for 2020, and my theory is that interest rates, mortgage rates, went so low uh, during the pandemic. And so I think that a lot more people were, were you know, that maybe would have normally considered buying with cash were like, well, I mean, this is like free money. I can get a, a 15-year loan, you know, at, you know, less than 2%. Why not? I'll just hang on to my cash. I'll invest my cash. I can get more than a 2% return. Um, and so I think that that's what happened in, uh, in 2020. And the numbers are pretty comparable from the standpoint of the percent discount, although the other numbers are starting to go up. So the average listing from 2018 to 2019 and 2020 among these cash purchases went from 235970 in 18 to 258700 in 19 to then 303954 um, in 2020. So we saw an increase in between from 2018, the average, and and I did for for this data set, I did go with average versus median for a variety of reasons. But we saw the average go from 235,000, basically 236,000, to basically 304,000. That was the average list price. What was the average sale price for these cash purchases? Again, it was 226 and change. Uh, for 2018, uh, in comparison to the 236 list, in 2019, the $258,700 listings on average sold on average to the cash buyer for $248,511. Um, and then in 2020, the $304,000 average sold on average to a cash buyer for $293,000. Um, and then there were some closing costs as well to factor in. Um, the both 2000, we already discussed 2018, 2019, 2020 were both um, close to 500 bucks of closing costs 456 in 2019, 517 in 2020. All right, what that comes out to remember, we said that the cash purchase discount in 2018 was 4.09%. That jumped up marginally. Um, I don't think it's statistically relevant, but it jumped up marginally to 4.12% in 2019. And then in 2020, this is a little bit more interesting. Um, it it started, we started to see that come down. It came down to 3.76%. Um, now, again, reminder that that is a, it's, it is 3.76%. So it's, so it is still pretty close to 4%. But also it's a larger portion of the overall pie that is cash purchases. Now, that being said, it was still the most cash purchases in this, you know, up between 2018 through 2020, because 2020 went nuts. In 2018, uh, within this data sample that I selected, there were, again, 13,532 homes that were sold. In 2020, there were 16,675 homes that were sold. Um, and so the cash purchases... Um, uh, for that year were the highest. There were 2,562, which is higher than 2019, 
which was 2,549 and higher than what we already said for 2018, uh, which was uh, 2,489. It's the highest, but it's the lowest slice of the pie, 15.36%. So that's just something to to keep in mind. Um, I don't know exactly why we started to see that the alleged cash discount start to go down at that point other than the market was starting to heat up and starting to make things more interesting. But here is where things get really crazy is when you look at the past 12 months. And I'm going to focus on the past 12 months. I ran the past 12 months and the past six months. And really, it wasn't statistically, I I didn't find it to be uh, there to be that big of a difference. It just seems like the past six months have essentially reinforced what's, what's happened the past 12 months. Um, so the past 12 months within this data sample has been fewer sales than what we saw in 2020, fewer fewer total sales, 15,153. Again, it was 16,675 in 2020. So that's a big drop-off. That's a 1,500 uh, home, 1,500 sale drop-off, and that's just the inventory issues. It's not like homes are sitting, homes are sitting for less time, way less time than they were in 2020. It's like half the days than they were in 2020. It's just that they, there's just not the inventory out there. But the cash purchases went up for the past 12 months versus 2020, went up over 11, uh, over 1,000, nearly 1,100. It jumped up in 2020. Again, it was 2,562 cash purchases. The past 12 months, it's been 3,643 for an overall slice of the pie being 24.5. 0.04%. So roughly a quarter of all transactions that have happened the past 12 months have been kept to cash buyers, a quarter of them. That means if you have a house that has 12 offers on it, the odds are three of those offers are going to be cash offers. That is insane. Um, and and that number, that actually is one of the more interesting ones. That number has has gone up a little bit. I think a statistically important amount, the past six months, it's gone from 24.04 to 26.51, nearly a 2.5% increase. So we're seeing more cash purchases now than we did six months ago and way more than we did a year and a half ago, two and a half years ago, three years ago, four years ago. We are seeing cash purchases at a rate that we have never ever seen before. And why is that? Well, we've talked about this a little bit, but just a reminder, people are freaked out. Let me tell you, I know this for a fact. I'm talking to people all the time. They are freaked out about the idea of hyperinflation. They don't know where to put their money. They're scared. You know, now we've got, we talked about a few weeks ago, the war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, As I'm recording this, that is still ongoing. I hope by the time this podcast releases that that we are over and done with that. I, I don't know what to think. But regardless, people are freaked out about all these different things. They don't want to put their money in stocks. They don't want to put their money in crypto. They don't want to have their money sitting in a bank, losing however many percent uh, of value of purchasing power per year. Um, they, they don't want to, you know, most people uh, don't want to just have a safe full of gold and silver that you can't easily spend anywhere. So what other options do they have? They have real estate. Real estate 
is something that we know is usable. There, there's an argument that gold and silver have inherent value. I am not a financial planner or counselor, so I, I can't argue one way or the other. Um, I, I can't give you advice one way or the other, but that argument doesn't make a lot of sense to me in in our 21st century economy. Like That made sense maybe like 500 years ago, um, but to me, I, I don't quite see the, 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 the full argument. Obviously, there are some utility uh, that gold and silver have, you know, in, in, in I, I guess, microchips and things like that. There are some things that they have beyond just decorative value. Um, but outside of that, like, I, I personally, it's hard for me to believe that if everything goes to pot, we have a, a you know, an apocalyptic economic scenario that happens that all of a sudden people are going to be, you know, buying stuff with gold and silver. I, I don't know. I just, I, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But it makes sense to some people that are smarter than me. So I'll let you defer to them. But what does make sense to me and to a lot of other people is that real estate holds value and will continue to hold value. Um, I'm not going to argue that it's the best way to hold value because I am not a financial planner or a financial counselor. As I've already said, I can't advise you in that way. But real estate has so many different utilities, right? And, and I'm not talking about utilities like uh, like water and power. I'm talking about uses. It has so many different uses, you know, whether it's housing, whether it's farming, whether it's, you know, commercial types of uses. There are so many different things that you can do. Um, and, and it's a limited asset. We know there's only so much ground that we can buy up in this world. There's a, there, it, it's, we know exactly how much there is. Um, whereas we don't know, you know, some of these other things, you know, are constantly being inflated in, in various different ways. Other assets are constantly inflated in various different ways. There's no way to inflate real estate. Well, probably someone's going to dispute that with me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go go in the show notes and find my contact information and tell me how real estate's being inflated. I'm, I'm waiting to hear it from one of y'all. Um, but anyway, to, to conclude my rant on, on this, um, I know from the people I've talked to that people that have cash are finding, and, and it's not just people I've talked to, it is I've read this in so many different places. They're finding a safe haven in real estate. It is a place where you know your money is going to be safe. And not only is it going to be safe, it has been the past few years, if you've made the right decision, it has been a great investment for a lot of people. As we've seen, you know, appreciation in real estate, uh, unlike anything else that we've ever seen, particularly here in the upstate. So, I believe that all of that is why we have seen this insane amount of cash purchases happening. Now, here's where it continues to get interesting. The average listing of the cash sale continued to go up. Um, it went up from 304 roughly thousand in 2020 to the past 12 months, 332,621. Um, that's not surprising. Um, I, you know, I guess the only thing that's noteworthy is um, the, well, th that's pretty close to what the average, because again, I was looking at averages versus medians. Um, you know, our median price point is right around in the in the 280s right now. But actually, if you look at averages, the averages come out to uh, about that, that 330 range from the numbers that I've seen. So um, that's basically, they're basically purchasing an average 
house is what is what the cash buyers are, are looking at and what they're purchasing. And so that was 332, 621. And the average uh, sold price for these cash purchases was 329,894. So basically 330 um, with the seller paying $442 of their closing costs. That comes out to less than 1% of a cash discount, 0.95%. And I'm including the closing costs in there. That comes out to a 0.95% discount. That's a major, major decrease. From 2020, it was a 3.76% discount if you were a cash purchaser. Now, that has gone down to 0.95%. That is that is massive. The cash discount is no more. Like That's what that tells me. Point, like less than one percentage point. What that means is that the vast majority of these purchases are either at or above what these homes are listed for, and there's just a handful of them that are substantially that are are selling, you know, that have been on the market for a while that are that are selling substantially less to a cash buyer, and and this fits exactly what I thought. I and I, I didn't tweak the data. I didn't try to reverse engineer the data in order to say what I was thinking. I let the data speak for itself. I literally just plugged in the numbers and was like, okay. Whatever it says, this is what I'm going to deliver in my podcast. And it said exactly what I had been seeing in the market. And and this is what I was telling uh, my friend that I was talking to about, you know, cash and real estate is she asked, hey, is is cash still king? Is that still what's happening? I was like, well, yeah, it, cash is definitely still king. Absolutely. Um, but I was quick to say, but... The cash discount, I haven't seen that happen in a long time. And she was a little bit disappointed because obviously she said she's planning to be a cash buyer. And I was like, however, you will get the house <laughs> because you're buying cash. And that's the thing. Um, and this is also a point of confusion. For for some of you, this will be remedial. But but perhaps I, I've learned that I need to explain this a little bit better. Um, sellers prioritize cash buyers because their offers can be so much cleaner. They can have an earlier closing date. I mean, a cash purchase can close in a week. Not all of them are doing it that quickly, but they can. They don't have to have appraisal contingencies. They don't have to have financing contingencies. Um, The vast majority of them do not have home sale contingencies. Um, There's just so many things that when you're a financed buyer that aren't a problem with a cash buyer. The cash buyer is basically going to get to closing unless something really, really ridiculous happens, right? The vast majority of cash contracts make it to closing. It's a much higher percentage. uh, And I don't know if there's a way for me to pull this data, but I know anecdotally it is a much higher percentage that actually make it to the closing table versus financed offers. And so a lot of sellers, they're looking at their offers all else being equal, they're always going to take a cash offer versus a financed offer. And and so what's happening here is these cash buyers are entering into um, this pool of a lot of other buyers. You know, we have almost multiple offers on on everything 
that is below 300,000 and on a huge chunk of things that are below 350,000. And, and that's right in that data set that we're looking at here. And so cash buyers are in the foray with a lot of other buyers, um, some that are cash. Again, a quarter of the buyers right now are cash. Um, and so they're competing in multiple offer situations. And at the end of the day, there does reach a point where a seller will accept a financed offer versus a cash offer if it is just that much better, right? Not very many sellers are going to leave $50,000 on the table because, you know, they want to go with that safe cash offer versus a relatively safe, not quite a safe, but relatively safe financed offer. Um, and so what's happening here is that cash buyers to even, you know, in, in the old days, I mean, again, back in uh, back in uh, summer of 2020, um, I had a situation with with a cash buyer where we were able to, you know, have them even in a multiple offer situation. There, there, it just wasn't as crazy. They were able, we were able to get the price down just a little bit, just a little bit off of what it was listed for. You can't do that now. The if you are a cash buyer, yeah, cash is king, but you have to at least offer what a house is listed for. Excuse me, I've been dealing with the. Uh, some sickness, uh, sickness stuff in my throat. Um, <clears throat> definitely some bug going around right now. Not COVID, God forbid. Um, just a just a little cold. I'm I'm almost over it. But if if a home just comes on the market, listen, sellers are not even considering your offer if it's below what it's listed for. They don't even they don't even think of that as a serious offer. Um, so if you're a cash buyer, the cash discount it is no more. It, it is gone. Um, and I imagine at some point it will come back, but I don't know when. I, I do not know when. If you're a financed buyer, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. Those that are trying to to buy and, and that need financing, it is a really, really difficult market right now. You're going up against a a quarter of the of the people that you're going up against in these multiple offer situations are bringing cash to the table. The only way you even stand a chance at beating them is if you go well above what a new listing is listed for and make your offer as clean as possible. And I know all the tricks of the trade. Again, this is what I do. This is my living. I've, I've had a lot of clients went out in these situations where I know that we're going up against cash offers. Um, but you have to be aggressive. You have to come in hot and heavy. And if you want the house, you, your offer needs to reflect that. There's no, there's not going to be a back and forth, right? Because if, if they have a cash buyer saying, here's my offer, take it or leave it, I'm withdrawing this you know, tomorrow, you're not going to be able to get into a back and forth with the seller. They're going to want you to bring your, put your best foot forward, bring your, your highest and best offer right from the get-go. And so that's what I'm encouraging all of my buyer clients. It puts us in a weird spot. Let's just be honest. I don't. I want my buyer clients to be able to get the best deal that they can. Unfortunately, right now, the best deal, if you're on that, you know, that 350 and below price point, the the best deal is whatever one that you can get. <laughs> and that is just me just being honest. It is a brutal, brutal market out there. It's not showing any signs of a slowdown. 
um, what happened with Russia and Ukraine. Now, um, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about interest rates. Well, um, as I'm recording this, interest rates have mortgage rates have come down even further. So, yeah, we are seeing um, now an even bigger rush. People are, are panic buying even more. We're getting panic purchasing from all over. The people that have cash, the people that need financing, everyone is trying to buy right now. We don't have enough houses on the market to, to satiate uh, the demand. Now, supply should be picking up a bit. We've already seen it pick up in early March. Um, hopefully that will continue. Normally that continues and we, we continue to see it go up uh, all the way through the month of June before it tapers off a little bit in July. Um, but roughly speaking, um, it, it's going to be a, a, a brutal buying season. And listen, if you're suffering from buyer fatigue, I feel you. I feel you. We just need to plow through it. Eventually, one will work out. I'm giving a little pep talk to my buyer clients that are listening to this. We will pull through. I've got a lot of you, a lot of buyer clients right now. We will find something at some point. Um, something will work out. It just has to be in the right timing. It has to be. You have to be in the right place at the right time. I try to keep my schedule flexible so that I can uh, move quickly if something comes on the market that's of interest to one of my clients. And you guys know I go to bat for you guys. I'm, I'll be up sometimes negotiating something until midnight um, trying to, to get a deal done for my clients. That's the way I operate, and that's what you have to do in this market. Um, so, yes, cash is king, but that doesn't mean it's a discount. Um, there, is, there is no more cash discount. You just end up getting the house, more likely, if you're buying with cash versus financing. That's it for today's episode. I appreciate you guys listening. If you loved it, if you liked it, if you hated it, regardless, please leave me a five-star review for the show. Drown out the haters. If you have a moment, please just leave a little review as well. That'd be great. I'd really appreciate that. And as well, um, I would would love if you guys would reach out to me with all of my contact information. It's in the show notes. It's all there for you guys. And, uh, and I appreciate when you guys do reach out after an episode. I always enjoy it. But between now and then, I hope you guys stay safe and have a great rest of the week. <laughs>